When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judd's berries are back in the studio today, Kenny. Whoa, whoa. I'm very whoa. happy to be back, too. Whoa. I survived Philadelphia. I made it out alive, finally. Didn't get hit in the head with a beer can unless you did it to yourself. <laughs> it came very close yesterday. Mackie and Judd. Get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? I think I just said that we're going to work through the process. Did I just say that? But I'm going to work through the process just like I always do. We're going to evaluate all the players. We're going to evaluate um, everybody, and we're going to go like our business, like we always do. Obviously, we would have liked to see him more on the field, but you know, quite honestly, for him to get on the field is an unbelievable achievement. Uh, you know. When this injury happened, I mean, I can kind of go through it. There was, you know, we researched this injury. There was 24 of these <laughs> similar types of injuries to all sports. Half of them never came back. <clears throat> and I think the earliest one that anybody ever came back was 24 months. Six of them died, actually. Six, six, seven. <laughs> never seen Sleep again. Died. They were never found again. Yeah. So we spent the majority of yesterday's show... Talking about what we think the Vikings should do at quarterback and what we would do if we were in their position. Matthew Collar, you guys were in Philadelphia. Including calling Drew Brees, which makes yes. sense if you're them. Yes. And that's still, by the way, like I think I can speak for both of us. Before, whether you do it today or in two months during the tampering period, that should be the first phone call you make, even if there's only a 0.5% chance. But let's realistically look at and dissect some of these comments from Zimmer yesterday and look at what they're probably going to do at quarterback. It's going to be Teddy, right? Uh, yes. It's going to be Teddy. Yes. I Actually, in in going through Zimmer's quotes, uh, one of which we just played from yesterday, I think if you – so he's not going to come out and say much right now, but I think what he came out and said yesterday, if you read it and read between the lines, it is he, – he's not going to back Case. It's not because he doesn't like Case – but there is no compelling reason right now to come out and say, you know what, Case was fantastic. In fact, I think he should get paid. In fact, if we bring him back, I think we should should pay, pay him. That makes no sense. But the quotes about Teddy, to me, they're, they're incredibly instructive in showing you what the org- organization's feeling is about him, which is, you know, we looked at 24 players. I believe he said the earliest that any of those 24 players had come back from the same injury before Teddy was 24 months. This, I believe, was 14 months. Basically, what he's saying is Teddy came back in record time. Teddy wasn't necessarily going to be set to play in 2017, but Teddy will be set in 2018. I think if you go down the path of where those quotes go, 
the full plan at Winter Park right now is for Teddy to be the, the QB in 2018, unless there's some type of setback in the coming months. Yeah, I think I think you can almost you can do some deduction here. Um, I don't think they're set 100 percent on it, but I would say that if you start to put some of these components together, they put two years. Well, they drafted him, started him for two years, and then put two years into rehabbing him to get back on the field to play in a game to be active as the backup quarterback. Mike Zimmer loves him. Rick Spielman probably feels connected to him. I think Mike Zimmer would probably take a bullet for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if like Rick Spielman would. But, but he drafted but him. But he drafted him. That's yes. very important. And the other piece that came out yesterday, Teddy Bridgewater said, I want to start. I view myself as a starting quarterback, whether it's with the Vikings or somebody else. So if you're going to bring him back and he's only going to come back if he's at least going to get a real shot to start, mm-hmm. that rules out basically every other handcuffed quarterback Besides maybe Sam Bradford, like if, if we just go, so let's let's look at the list we brought up yesterday through this prism that they're probably going to bring Bridgewater back. Okay, let's look at the rest of the list then. All right. Well, Drew Brees is in a different category. So right. if Drew Brees says yes, you say, Hey, Teddy. Teddy, we love you. Hey, Miami's a great yeah. place. Enjoy the Cardinals. Tannehill, you can beat them out. Yeah, enjoy. You're gonna enjoy you're gonna Phoenix. be great somewhere else, Teddy. Glendale is great. Um, all right, let's look at some of the other guys on the list. Kirk Cousins. Well, if you're bringing Teddy back, it's not you're not going to spend $30 million a year on Kirk Cousins. Yep. Uh, Case Keenum. I think there's going to be more demand for him as a starter. If yes. you bring, if you, if you say Case, we want you to come back, but not for franchise money, not for starting quarterback money. We want you to compete for the job with Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I think he'd only take that if there were no other better offers around the NFL. And there's almost certainly going to be better offers, right? I also, Cardinals. Yes, and I, I also don't think I think that there I think that you can sit down here and, and look at how this team feels about Teddy and say that there's a very good chance that they are going to say, Teddy, be patient, you're going to be our guy. I don't think Zimmer is going to look at Case and say, "You are my guy." I think he say, "I think he would say, you can come back and compete for a job." But if you recall, Phil, I I was trying to remember yesterday. Did Mike Zimmer at any point in time during the course of this year, even when Keenum was at his best, absolutely praise him? It was always stuff like, "Not really." He's got a horseshoe, or he's he's got ballsy. big. He's got big. Exactly. He um, everything. If you go back. Almost every quote that Zimmer gave about Case throughout the course of this year was, was if you had extrapolated the quote, was, but I don't think this is going to last. Yeah. And, of course, you know, when when given a chance yesterday, hey, Mike, what did you think about Case Keenum? Just body of work. The guy came in, saved your season, helped bring you to the NFC Championship game. How about a few words of praise, right? You must want that guy back, right? I, I, I think I just said that we're going to work through the process. Did I just say that? But I'm going to work through the process just like I always do. We're going to evaluate all the players. We're going to evaluate um, everybody, and we're going to go like our business, like we always do. So they think he's a backup quarterback that had a pop-up season in in a Ferrari, and and he deserves credit for for absolutely squeezing all the you know the the juice out of the orange. They think he's reckless. They think he throws bad interceptions, and I think by they I mean Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer. They're looking around the rest of the NFL. And they're looking at, especially the NFC, all the great quarterbacks in the NFC, and your defense can only take you so far. Like, mm-hmm. your defense can only take you to a certain point, and then Drew Brees is standing there, Carson Wentz is standing there, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Now, is Teddy Bridgewater going to be able to go toe-to-toe with some of those guys? 
I think we're all very skeptical of that too. So, but but to his to his answers about Case Keenum, if he truly loved Case Keenum and thought Keenum's my, I'm gonna I'm gonna handcuff my coaching career in this Super Bowl window to Case Keenum. Yes, he would have said more than we're gonna go through the process when asked about it yesterday. He didn't. He basically said finally that that he was sold on Case even being his starter in late December. In late December, when there's no, that's no all choice. you need to know. Yeah. He, w- whether he's right or not, Zimmer trusts Teddy. He does not trust Case, and he made it clear in almost every quote that he's given that he doesn't trust Keenum. We'll talk more about this, and I've got a couple other things too on this quarterback uh, thing that I want to bring up before uh, too long. But ding, ding, some news came out yesterday. But here's what Mike Zimmer. Well, we'll get to the report, but here's what Mike Zimmer said about the open offensive coordinator position. They, they had a great chemistry, and so I, to me, that's going to be very important: is what kind of chemistry that we have with the other coaches. Um, the communication between with all the other coaches and then uh, the next thing is to try to get the best guy. So we've heard the Ben McAdoo reports. Now it's being reported the Vikings are going to interview Daryl Bevel mm-hmm. to come back mm-hmm. as offensive coordinator and let me say I would fully endorse Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings again. He gets a bad rap for the first three years under Brad Childress. Yes, he with does. With Tavares Jackson as the starting quarterback. And he was young, too, at the time. He was. He's now been a coordinator for 12 years exactly. in the NFL. Yes. Uh, someone tweeted here, Joel on Twitter. When I, so I sent out the tweet like a half hour ago. I would fully endorse Daryl Bevel to come back as Vikings offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And Joel goes, did you see his play calling in the Super Bowl? Really? Uh, J- Joel, let me isolate the part of your comment that matters. In the, the Super Bowl, <laughs> you were in the Super Bowl. You, yes, you, I'll take Daryl Bevel in the you Super would Bowl. Welcome the opportunity for Dalvin <laughs> Cook not to get the ball at the goal line, so that Teddy could throw a pass that gets picked. Because at least then it would be in the Super Bowl. And by the way, if that's the rickety bridge that you're worried about, well, if he gets to that bridge, look what happened. I think he probably learned his lesson. So if he can help get you to that point. In your travels, I think he's probably learned his lesson when it comes to doorstep of the end zone play calling. Uh, th- in the Super Bowl. This m- might be deemed crazy by some. I am completely with you. I'm fine. Bring if, him if back. You bring him back if you bring him back, he he does get the bad rap for being associated with Brad. I mean, it's the association with Brad, right? Because, oh, man, that offense. When Bevel broke free of Brad and and start uh, starting basically in 2009 when he got to work with Brett for a year, he's just fine. It's a West Coast. Uh, I, I think he'd be a good combination if you, you indeed are going to go back to Teddy. I think going to Bevel would be absolutely fine. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to bring in somebody with a bunch of new ideas who's going to, to change things. As long, the most important thing in my mind is this. Is the coordinator flexible? Is he willing to adjust? Is he willing to look at his personnel and say, okay, with this personnel, what can I do to adjust my scheme to fit that? If the answer to that is yes, then I think you're on the right course. If the person says, I run a system and that is it, and we don't differ from that one bit, then that's when you have problems. I think the answer to your question is yes. If you look at the last six years in Seattle, he's been there since 2011 or 12. He's been there for a while now. Mm -hmm. And, and they've had times early in Russell Wilson's career where they were more run first and and ball security. Don't don't. And now look at the last couple of years with a rickety offensive line, no Marshawn Lynch, and it's more of an aerial attack. In fact, if you look at Daryl Bevel's resume, forget his name is Daryl Bevel and that he was part of the 
kick-ass offense yeah, tied to Childress, from yes. 2006 through 08 before Brett Favre. Let's forget about that. Yep. Here is the blind resume of Daryl Bevel. 12 years as an NFL offensive coordinator, so he's got experience. When given pieces around him, like an actual quarterback, Brett Favre or Russell Wilson, we're talking top 10 offenses, yardage, points scored. He's worked with Brett Favre, like I said, in both Green Bay and Minnesota as a quarterback's coach, then a coordinator. Mm -hmm. A young Aaron Rodgers for a year Mm -hmm. in 2005 in Green Bay and Russell Wilson. He helped Russell Wilson blossom as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL the last few years. He doesn't get full credit for that, but he gets some credit for helping mold Russell Wilson. And um, I would even add that he's able to navigate all kinds of temperaments and personalities Mm -hmm. from Brad Childress to Brett Favre over to... Pete Carroll, Doug Baldwin, and Marshawn Lynch, and Russell Wilson. I'm fine with that. So if you if you just forget about the first three years with Brad Childress, yes. his resume absolutely makes sense, especially if you're going to roll with Teddy Bridgewater next year. And keep in mind, too, in uh, Brad's first year here in 2006, Brad called plays. That was the year when we decided this offense is uh, terrible. Uh, and he gonna, said, no, uh, Kevin, it's a kick-ass offense. Uh, that was on Brad. And so so from that year on, Bev got a bad uh, rap because we all said, oh, man, he, he must be terrible, too. No, if they go this direction, I think it's probably good. I think it's probably the right call. Yeah. Now, now some people are going to say, hey, you know, Seattle's offense absolutely slipped the last couple of years, and there were games where they could barely score nine points. There's but a reason for that. Their offensive line, it, <laughs> it, was, was, a it was a bunch fire. of practice squad guys. Yeah. It was decimated with injuries and bad draft picks. Seattle has not drafted well at all. People rave about the Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, where they're finding all these, the Doug Baldwins. If you look at their draft the last few years, they just don't have great players on the field as much. The Vikings have a lot. I think the, if you go roster for roster and take Russell Wilson and and whoever the Vikings quarterback and just take the quarterbacks away and go 52 versus 52, mm-hmm. I think I'd take the Vikings roster right 10 now, times out of 10 right now. Right now you would, and yes. So, yeah, so, so yes, count me in I'm for Daryl Bevel. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Let's come back. If you guys have thoughts, if the Vikings were to bring back Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback, how would you feel about their chances going into 2018? Would it be a buzzkill for you? Or or do you see a lot of things in Teddy Bridgewater? You know, he didn't have an offensive line the first time around. Didn't have Adam Thielen the first time around. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Johnny K on a couple of Wolves All-Stars in the 10 o'clock hour. Mike Golick Jr. will join the show. Judd's back from Philly. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. I want you to do it. The good Lord wants you to do it. You really think so? I know so. On 1500 ESPN. They, they had a great chemistry. And so I, to me, that's going to be very important is what kind of chemistry that we have with the other coaches, um, the communication between with all the other coaches, and then uh, the next thing is to try to get the best guy. So there's a report. Vikings are going to interview Daryl Bevel for the offensive coordinator opening. It's so hard to have a super strong opinion on an offensive coordinator because we don't get access to the inner workings. Think about how much collaboration and behind-the-scenes nuance goes into the relationship between a coach, a coordinator, the rest of the offensive coaching staff, a quarterback success. Like, uh, I love Lubomir. He's a loyal listener. We fight about Andrew Wiggins all the time. I'm totally winning that fight, by the way, Lubomir. So get back to me later. He scored 40 the other night. Just keep seeing big games. And and Lubomir said, isn't identifying quality offensive personnel part of the offensive coordinator's job? This is in response to us saying Seattle's offensive line is a disaster. Um, I mean, 
the GM is putting the players on the roster. The yeah. head coach is so you you can select among the players that are on the roster who should be starting and, and what you should do with those players. But if you got a bunch of you got a bunch of backup you know, crappy right tackles and left guards. That's not your fault. It's as not Bevel's fault that they acquired those players. And he added, no one helped Russell Wilson flourish. He is who he is. He'll always be that way. And he's been that player ever since day one, assuming in college. His QBR is lower now than ever. Part of that's offensive line. Mm-hmm. But again, like I could flip it around and say, okay, prove to me that Daryl Bevel hasn't helped Russell Wilson flourish. When Brett Favre was the quarterback here in 2009 and Russell Wilson's body of work, those are that's a lot of NFC Championship games we're talking about. That's a Super Bowl well, we're talking and we're, about. And Bevel was a part of that collaboration. We're not saying that Daryl made <coughs> Wilson. We're saying he helped him. He helped him. There's no question about it. Uh, like, unless, unless you're arguing that like he you somehow like like you can't say decreased he did, his chances. Like you can't say he didn't help him. We're we're not basically what you want. I think the most important thing that I want. The only thing that I think that that you can tell from a coordinator's position is this. Does that person have the ability and flexibility to look at the personnel provided uh, by him, by the team's executives, and use it to the best of his ability? We have seen coordinators before and coaches in this town who run a system, and they will not differ from that. And they don't care. They they actually will fail with their, their system before they make adjustments to try and be successful. Yeah. What Shermer showed us is this. He looked at his personnel and said, what can I do to best Use these players to make them a success. That's what you want from your coordinator. Yeah, it's six five one six four six eight two five five. The two questions on the table from the opening bell segment: How do you feel about Daryl Bevel? He's interviewing for the Vikings' offensive coordinator job. And how would you feel if we're reading the tea leaves right? And Mike Zimmer yesterday was effusive in his praise for Teddy Bridgewater and elusive when talking about Case Keenum. Yeah, it's pretty it obvious he wants Teddy Bridgewater yes. to be the starting quarterback next year. Um, so, we'll t- Ron, we'll get to your call in just a second, but one more quick point off this quarterback grouping of, we, we, we mentioned seven names yesterday, four from outside the organization, the three, and then the three guys that were on the roster. Every option that we brought up, except Drew Brees, has big question marks, at least one big question mark. Teddy Bridgewater, dude hasn't played basically in two years, and and even when he did play, you know, it, there was a lot of restrictions, and the the, the it wasn't roster his was offense too. It wasn't. Keep that in mind. But there's question marks there, health wise, yep. and everything else. I, yep. I think there's a lot of upside there as well. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, you might think, oh, it's a no brainer. You got to you got to sign Kirk Cousins. Well, you, Kirk Cousins is going to be one of the three or four highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL starting this off season. We're talking pretty big numbers statistically, but are they hollow numbers? His teams win seven, eight, nine games. Are they like Andy Dalton, Blake Bortles numbers? Yeah. Or is he Matt Ryan ready to break out with a better infrastructure? And with him, you are locked in. If, if you do that years. deal, you are locked in. Case Keenum, is he a one-year wonder? That's a big question mark. Sam Bradford's got knee question marks. Eli Manning, if you wanted to swing a trade for an Eli Manning, mm-hmm. he's in his late 30s, declining play the last three or four years. Alex Smith, I think you know what you're getting with Alex Smith, so there's not a question mark in terms of what you're getting, and he's been... He's been really good in Kansas City. He had his best year last year. Mm-hmm. But is he good enough to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, for the $20 million he would make in that one year? I mean, your schedule next year, and we'll get more into that later on, includes at least five games against Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And you your have to feel schedule is brutal, by the way. Yes. You have to feel pretty damn good that whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or Kirk Cousins, whoever it is, mm-hmm. and the money that you're going to be paying those guys, 
Um, it, this is a this is one of the most critical off seasons in Vikings history. It truly is with that position up in the air. Could I make a case? So if if we we basically uh, spent the Tuesday show t- talking about what we would do, could I make a case that the Vikings internally, if you if you go to Zim and you say to Zim, okay, you love Teddy, but I'm concerned. I'm Spielman. I'm concerned here. I think that I could put together an argument for you that the top of Zim's list would be Alex Smith. Look at Alex Smith's career. Look at his successes. And then look at the the number of times that he has screwed up royally. I mean, if you think about all, all of the things that Zimmer said throughout this year about Keenum, he's playing with a horseshoe, which is damning. He's got big balls, which basically means he takes chances are things that I, I think when it comes to Smith, you would never say. I think I ought, I think what you want him to be more of those things. And he actually right, was but, this year. But in I think if City. Zimmer's starting point is he's not those things, Zimmer's happy about it. I think when Zimmer goes to sleep at night, what he what he knows is this. Despite what, what happened against Philly on Sunday, Zimmer knows that his defense is really going to be good. I think Zimmer doesn't want to have to worry about his QB. I think that's what he wants. I don't think he necessarily wants this dynamic, big play. He knows he he doesn't have that. And I think what he really doesn't want is, oh, my gosh, this guy just threw two picks and and lost the ball in the red zone and screwed up royally. I think Case Keenum— Alex Smith might fit the Zimmer profile as good as anyone on this list. Well, for, for one, Alex Smith is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. He is. And he's done it for longer. Alex Smith also isn't— Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Matt, I mean, he's not in that category. He, he did have his best season last year. No, and, he's definitely not. And there's best. still some prime left there at 34. But you have to treat 2018, and if it if it lasts, 2019, you have to treat these years almost like all or nothing. This is your golden chance if you get that position right. And the more I think about it through that prism with with a, you know, you, if you wanted to trade for Alex Smith, you could get him, and he's better than Case Keenum, and he's going to make the same amount of money. So, like that, that option I would put ahead of Case Keenum ten times out of ten. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be better than Case Keenum. I know he's going to be cheaper, mm-hmm. and he has a higher ceiling, but they, there's a but, but there's a pretty big and risk they like factor him in there. More, yes, uh, but whatever you do, you have to make your decision not through the prism of like, oh, we hope Case Keenum can repeat, or man, we really hope Kirk Cousins is this. You have to be sold on whoever you get as your quarterback. You can win a Super Bowl in a loaded NFC. 651-646-8255. What's up, Ron? Good morning. How you guys doing? Good, good. man. Fire away. Good, good. Thanks. Take my talk. Yeah. Yeah, i got two things here. Um, one, I feel Case really proved himself this year. And as hopefully we'll keep him, the longer we keep him, the more he'll, you know, affirm that he is the quarterback for this team. And he's, you know, he just thinks he's got better, I think, decision-making than Bridgewater. And I think for the price you could get the case for, that he would be our man. And I think, for instance, Bridgewater, now he's got a smaller frame. I've been a health and fitness coach for 40 years. And I don't really feel his his knee would last long. Plus, I don't feel he has the um, skills for that position, for what we need. So, you know, I like Teddy and all, but I just, you know, Case, I think he should be our man. So, all right, thanks for the call, Ron. I think there's a couple of things in there. Like, for the price, the, the, 
the price is going to be Case Keenum's going to be expensive, expensive, and that matters. Likely, like yeah. if if you could get if you could get Case Keenum for four million dollars or something, it, we're t- it's a we're talking something different. But the biggest issue I took with and Ron represents a large chunk of Vikings fans that are a hundred percent sold on Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. You to me, it's impossible to be sold on Case Keenum having proved himself after only one year of this with a backup track record, a mediocre to bad track record. When you look at some of the other examples, like he needs to do it for at least two years before I'm sold on him. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a massive contract after one very Case Keenum-like year. He led the league in interceptions the next year. And he's been, I mean, he's he's not a franchise quarterback, but he was paid $20 million a year. Right. Brian Hoyer helped lead the Texans in a very similar instance with a great defense and great skill position players in a 94 passer rating. Helped lead them to the playoffs a couple years ago. <laughs> threw multiple picks in the playoffs, kind of like Case Keenum, and then settled back into backup status. Brock Osweiler got a big contract after helping the Broncos weather that storm when they benched Peyton Manning for like two months. And then they went back to Manning in the playoffs, but Brock Osweiler had a really good two-month stretch on tape. Guess what? It wasn't repeatable. Mm-hmm. Like It's impossible to say that Case Keenum has earned your full long-term trust after just one year when you look at the other comps. It just is. like He has to prove it for another year, and you have to decide, do you want to let him prove it if, when you can win a Super Bowl, or do you want to go with something more, more assured? If today's conversation is about what the Vikings want to do and are going to do, I think we can say this uh, with complete confidence. The head coach doesn't trust the quarterback. He doesn't trust him. So he is not going to, and and the head coach is a defensive guy. So the head coach's first thought is, don't screw things up, okay? So if we are talking about what the Vikings plan to do, the head coach loves Teddy. We know that. Now, now I don't know where his knee is at, and it might come back that it's just not there, in, in which case they, they would have to go in a different direction. But today's conversation revolves around the reality of what the team thinks. And there is no quote, there is nothing that I have seen so far that makes me for one second think, you know, I think Zim does like Case. Zim held his breath in every start that Case made. There's no question about it. Yeah. I mean, everything he said leads you down the path of he didn't trust him. And, and, and to piggyback off that, if you as a fan trust Mike Zimmer in almost everything he's done at this point, Building the best defense in the NFL until the playoffs, and then they got their doors blown off. But building a really good defense and and correcting a lot of the mistakes that he and the team made last year that that derailed their season. And you've got all this trust in Mike Zimmer, right? I think it's fair. Mike Zimmer's approval rating is pretty damn high in this state, right? Yes. Uh, it's not. It's not the Donald Trump thirty five percent approval rating. It's like nine, it's probably an eighty to ninety percent approval rating uh, if you get past the immediate emotion from getting smoked by Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I would then tend to trust his judgment on what he sees behind the scenes with quarterbacks as well. To me, it's pretty clear cut. You make Drew Brees say no, and then you start to explore that Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins bin, mm-hmm. two very different quarterbacks. If you can get Alex Smith for, if, if you could trade like your third or fifth round pick for Alex Smith, that's really, really appealing. It's an upgrade over Case Keenum. It just is. If you exhaust those options, then I think you get to the Teddy, Sam Bradford, handcuff, competes, who can stay healthy, mm-hmm. the knee bin, and or Case Keenum. 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. 
Ed and Tom will get to you guys. This is a, I mean, there's a lot of room to be wrong here, both as a as oh, a fan speculating or as a. The stakes are pretty high in it's that huge front office. Here. Yes, you're right. Yes, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. You guys are spoiled. You guys are lucky to have these guys. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The big game is coming up, and 1500 ESPN and TCL want to make sure you are ready for it. Every day this week, it's your chance to win a 65-inch TCL TV plus a $100 gift certificate to Crave for your party. Check out the 1500 ESPN stream player for all the details. It's brought to you by TCL, the official TV of football playoff parties. Obviously, we would have liked to see him more on the field, but... You know, quite honestly, for him to get on the field is an unbelievable achievement. Uh, you know, when this injury happened, I mean, I can kind of go through it. There was, you know, we researched this injury. There was 24 of these similar types of injuries through all sports. Half of them never came back. <clears throat> and I think the earliest one anybody ever came back was 24 months. He was waiting for that question to basically lay out why Teddy Bridgewater is his going is his starting quarterback for the 2018 yeah. season. But what do you think about Case? We're not talking about that. <laughs> We're going to go through the process. What about Teddy? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you how amazing yeah. he is. Let me tell and you how about strong the, 20, his knees the 24 are. weak people that couldn't come back like my guy did. He resuscitated a dog in Philadelphia. I saw it. Yeah, gave the dog CPR. Um, so I. I Troy tweets into the show. Troy, we thank you for listening, but I, I got to poke at Troy here. He says, hey, Mackie and Judd, avoided you guys for the last two days. You're still talking Vikings? Come on. It's baseball season. Ugh. Well, if baseball would, if if a free agent would sign, for God's sakes, if you, Darvish, will sign with the Twins, we'll, we'll gladly ta- oh, devote we'll a four-hour show yeah. to it. We'll talk about but it Baseball then. is all screwed up, and there's 150 free agents out there, and you and I aren't ready to dive into regular season Wilder Wolves. The best way to cope with a devastating Vikings loss, is to recklessly speculate on the future. And so that's what we're doing these all These are great week, shows. I love it's these shows. super fun, yes. We talk about the quarterbacks. No, no, no. This is... I, I The one thing about not, not being a, a super fan of one team that's nice is you don't get so tied up that you think, oh my gosh, they lost. Now, now let's not talk about them for three weeks. Yeah, also... Or a month. You know, we... I think these are some of the the most downloaded shows in terms of on demand too, because people listen to our show a day or two later. And you know, I know that some some of you guys are sick of the the loss crushed your soul. Totally get it. We've all been there for multiple generations. And some people just don't want to hear football talk at all. I think like my instinct the last couple of days has been even, and I'm not like emotionally wrecked by football games as much as I used to be. I think the Vikings have they don't cry anymore. I've got this coating around me now that the Vikings have. Offered throughout the years. Mm-hmm. But even I, like, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll flip on Golik and Wingo or some other football related show. And after that loss, I'm just kind of the the Super Bowl vibe is not quite what it was. If the Vikings had been partying all the you know, the fans for two weeks. You were almost there. Yes. Your team was almost in that game in your hometown. So it is a giant buzzkill. It's still gonna be fun to have the game here, but you know, I think by and large, there, I think there's a lot of people who don't want us to talk Vikings for four hours the next few days, but there's more people that it's therapeutic to talk Too about the future. Too much to speculate how, about not to talk about the Vikings. Right. So, Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Zimmer, sounds like he's heavily leaning in that direction. There's all kinds of other options. Alex Smith has one more year left on his deal in Kansas City. He's a better quarterback than Case Keenum, objectively. Look at the numbers. Look at the track record. He ain't in that top tier. But, you know, what would you do? This is a big decision. Ed, 
Let's go to uh, you online, too. What's going on, Ed? Oh, thanks. Uh, I'm glad you used the word speculate. That's the first time you've ever said that, I think, and I listen to you regularly. Thank you. A couple of my speculations. Number one, the defense was great until the last two games, and then they were not very great. Mm-hmm. There's really no guarantee, and I know in sports there's no guarantee anyway, that the defense is going to be that great next year. Secondly, when you have an injury, and uh, in, in like in Bradford's case where he keeps got, uh, uh, got getting re-injured, you're you're with Bridgewater. You're you're speculating. There is that big question mark mm-hmm. whether he can last. He hasn't been hit at all. He hasn't physically been involved. And third, all of these quarterbacks that you're talking about, I, I keep asking myself, why do the teams have them? Want to get rid of them? If you think that they could lead the Vikings, why aren't those teams thinking? Well, with a couple addition star team they can lead us to a Super Bowl. A few things. These are all really good questions, Ed. Thank you for calling. On the damaged goods, why would these guys be available? Well, let's start at the top. Drew Brees is a free agent. I mean, his, his contract, he didn't sign an extension last yeah. time around, he's probably so he's staying a free put, agent. But it's worth a phone call. Yeah. That's all it is. Uh, Alex Smith is 34, and, the che- and, and he's not a top, top quarterback. And sometimes if you haven't, this is what happens in sports. So Alex Smith is one of the, 12 best quarterbacks for sure in the NFL now. And this year, he actually led the league in passer rating. I mean, I'd still take Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Don't, just because Alex Smith led the league in passer rating doesn't mean he's the best. He's 34 years old, and the Chiefs were kind of stuck in that same spot. And sometimes teams get antsy. They can't beat the Patriots or Andrew Luck in the playoffs. And so they want to. So they drafted yes. their quarterback of the future yes. and said, let's let him sit behind Alex Smith until he's ready. Well, now Smith has one year left on his deal. They still like Alex Smith enough to start him all year and in a playoff game in which he put up a big performance. Mm-hmm. So he's not, it's not like Alex Smith is damaged goods. Is he as good as Aaron Rodgers? No. Um, and I would say to Ed's point, we agree there are no guarantees that you're going to have the best defense in the NFL next year. And there were some things exposed by Doug Peterson the last and Nick six Foles. Quarters, basically. Uh, so I think, I don't think it's going to train wreck next year, but that makes it even more important to land an upgrade or something more sure at quarterback. And the question on, on the quarterback for this team uh, for 2018 becomes what is the best fit? What is the best fit? The Chiefs, the Chiefs are saying uh, that, that they think that they can do better than Smith. And so they went and drafted a QB, and that's fine. But the most important thing for Spielman and Zimmer at this point is has to be the question of within within the window that they perceive that this team can be very good at what is the best QB fit. And the deal with Case is it's clear they don't trust him. Yeah. And, and, and Smith, if you look at his career arc, Alex Smith, for the most part, might drive you crazy with some things, but I don't think he's going to make crucial mistakes. Yeah, and put it this way, like if Drew Brees signs back with the Saints – the, you you just can't get one of the top seven or eight guys. You're not going to be able to get the Hall of Fame caliber guy. So you have to shop in that second tier and make sure that you get a guy in that second tier. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey Tom, you're on the show. Hey, good morning. How are you, John? Good. Go ahead, man. Uh, I, I echo what uh, the prior caller said. Recklessly speculative, and uh, I concur with that. Um, and uh, so I'll be recklessly speculative. Go ahead. I, Please join us. I look at the, join us. I look at the fact that um, it didn't work for the Vikings before when they brought in that washed-up um, 
Cuba by the name of Favre, and uh, he 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 did nothing for uh, the Vikings. And, Wait, and are was, you are you being sarcastic? No, I'm being extremely extremely positive. He did. And you're saying he did nothing for the Vikings? Yeah, he didn't win. A, he didn't win them a Super Bowl. Oh, get out of here! Got him to the championship game in 2009. Now, granted, he screwed well, up, but he he. I believe they won 12 games that season. Tom, get out of here with that. Okay, keep speculating. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wait a minute. You're also saying that um, Case Keenum is uh, is a bum too. That the fact that he uh, he's overrated. Um, look at the fact that there are teams in the past that the quarterback isn't necessarily the primary position. There's 11 players on the field. Look at Baltimore with Dittmer, look at Baltimore with uh, Earl Morrill, and look at the Raiders with Plunkett. None of those three guys were stars in their own right at any time. that was 50 years ago. Tom, that was 50 years ago, dude. You know what? I'm older than you. Yeah, but okay. that's but the, but, the game. Okay, no look at look at phones in the '60s. You know, I don't know why we have to have these cordless phones. The phones work just fine with so, the cords uh, on them. Tom, what's the point? The fact that you're debating the fact that uh, a quarterback that played in one era isn't as good as one in another. No, I'm saying passing is more important now than it was when Jim Plunkett was a two-time Super Bowl winner. Disagree. Totally disagree. Um, go back and look. Um, and I think that you, uh, Bridgewater's got talent. He's uh, okay. He's young. He's He's way up there. He's got an opportunity. Give him a chance. Thank oh. you. <laughs> that was the most roundabout way to getting to a point that we all agreed on that I've ever seen. Yes, so, that, that's so, what they're So what thinking. we established there is Brett, the, 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 the Brett Favre did nothing for the Vikings and that all you need is a Jim Plunkett. To, and, oh, by the way, and 52 Hall of Famers on your roster, apparently. But he came to the same conclusion that we did. Which is if if Teddy is, is deemed capable of playing, they're going to go with Teddy. That's uh, what we all agree on, Tom. We all agree. I'm going to give you a list of. Uh, don't even go back. He's not. The he's last so far off on that. Several quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl. He's so the last far off on that teams era. and their quarterbacks. All right. Argument. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll just give you the names of the quarterbacks that have played in the last four Super Bowls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady again, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson. Uh, Those are all Hall of Famers except Cam Newton and Matt Ryan are both MVPs, probably not Hall of Famers. Can we just go back to the fact that Tom thought that Favre basically flopped with as a Viking? I mean, he, defi- he got him to the he definitely now- threw a soul crushing yeah, interception. Yeah, sure he did. But they also made the 2009 uh, NFC title game because of Brett Favre. Yes. Tavares doesn't take them to the title game that season. <sighs> that was amazing. He named a couple Baltimore Colts there from the late 60s, Earl Morrill. right? After Johnny did got he hurt, name the Earl guy, he named came Johnny Unitas' his backup in he that did. Vocal. He came in and played in a very <laughs> crucial role because the because it's oh. all the, it's all the same. 651-646-8255. CJ. Go Good ahead. morning, guys. Hi, CJ. What's up, CJ? Oh, check this out. Okay, now I got I got one for you. Uh, you all of the good quarterbacks throw interceptions. Even in that New Orleans game, Drew Brees threw two interceptions. But the good quarterbacks know how to come from behind. The only thing that I saw wrong with this game, and I was concerned before we even went into Philadelphia, was the uh, health of the offensive line. No matter who you put back there, you're going to have to have a better offensive line. And uh, the the uh, Case Keenum situation is like this. If 
you look at the preseason game when Case Keenum came in, he won this one game with five seconds left on the clock when he was the third-string quarterback coming in when we were behind. Good quarterbacks play better from behind sometimes than they do when they got a lead. And Case Keenan is that kind of a quarterback. And going with somebody else who you know that's that's supposed to be all of that, I'll stick with Case all the way. CJ, I have Thanks, one, CJ. One, one question. Thanks for the phone call. I'll just ask this to you because I am i don't want to... I'm still stuck on far being a here. flop in 2009, but that's just me. Case Keenum has played... 41 career games. Yes. How many fourth quarter comebacks do you think he has? Did he have any this year at all? He had, a, he had he had a couple. He has four. Okay. He has four career fourth quarter comebacks. Yes. So you can't take one miracle play and say, well, the kind of quarterback he is is a fourth quarter comeback kind of a guy. He has four ever. Yes. The Vikings, <laughs> listen, listen. The Vikings deserve a lot of credit for going out and signing this guy to a one-year contract as a backup. And it worked out very well. Not perfectly, but it worked out very well. All of that being said, keep in mind, he was signed to a one-year, $2 million contract as a backup for a reason. He is a career backup. Now, imagine signing him to a three-year, multi-million dollar contract, and by week three of next year saying, oh my gosh, we were really wrong. Yeah, that's not even an and, option and let's for say me. Te- and let's say Teddy's gone. He's bolted. He said, peace out. I'm going to the Dolphins or the Cardinals. This is, wh- this is why we, folks. The glasses are coming off right now for Judd. I love so you, serious. okay? <laughs> I love you. I grew up here. But we are the biggest bunch of settlers when it comes to athletes and in Case Keenum, I can confirm everything I saw from Case. He look, he's a nice kid. He's a nice guy. And he's eminently likable. And I think his teammates like him. And so I understand why, why we are very tempted to say, you know what, he's safe. Let's marry Case. He's safe. But I got bad news for you. If you do that, odds are very good that by a quarter into the 2018 season, you're going to be very disappointed. Mackie and Judd now continue. Stand aside, everyone. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I, I, I think I just said that we're going to work through the process. Did I just say that? Well, I'm going to work through the process just like I always do. We're going to evaluate all the players. We're going to evaluate um, everybody. And we're going to go like our business like we always do. So two things that I, I think... It's hard to boil down quarterback performance into like one number or you know, QBR or passer rating. Otherwise, you'd say Alex Smith is the best quarterback in the NFL. He had the best passer rating, right? There's, but two things that I I do tend to hang my hat on a little bit. Are you able to like caller CJ said he was wrong? Like he he said Case Keenum is a fourth quarter comeback guy because of the miracle play. Well, that I mean, try that play a hundred times and see how often you score a touchdown once or twice. Uh, but I do think fourth quarter comebacks. Those are pretty good indicators in some way of, all right, are you able to get down by 10 points and kind of defense is playing bad, you can't move the ball, but someone's got to put the team on their back and throw a touchdown pass here. Not the be-all, end-all, but it matters to some degree. And I would say third down is the other one. If it's third and eight and you have to pass and they know you're passing, Mm -hmm. can you complete a nine-yard pass for a first down? So with that in mind, Case Keenum's worst down by far this year was third down. 
And it's even worse on third and long. Third and long was pass. really bad, right? The Vikings were That's pretty good. On, yep, third and short, they were pretty yeah. good. When you're running the ball a little bit more. Yep. Third and long, Case Keenum was not good at all. In fact, he had an 85 passer rating on third and long. His worst completion percentage, his completion percentage on second down was like 73%. It dropped to 63% on third down. He wasn't a disaster, but it was by far his worst down, mm-hmm. third down. Teddy Bridgewater, in his two years... He hasn't played in like two years, but his best down by far was third down. Uh His third down passer rating was actually 10 points higher than any other down. He was a 97 passer rating for Bridgewater in those two years on third down. He has more touchdown passes on third down Uh than any other down. Um, How about those fourth quarter comebacks? Well, Teddy has four as well. Case has four in six years. Teddy has four in the two years he played. It should be five. You're right. If Blair Walsh didn't miss the field goal. That's a good point. If he caught the playoffs, it that should be That was a nice five. comeback, actually, by Teddy. You're right. Um, so, you know, before you go before you go praising Case and putting him on a pedestal because he's this warrior comeback guy, and le- third downs, fourth quarter comebacks, things like that, those are some peripheral areas that are really important for quarterbacks, and Case Keenum doesn't really doesn't really fill the cup. Yeah, and there was just an objective. No, right, right, and but that's the thing is, I think it's very difficult. I think we, I think because we liked Case, it's become difficult uh, to take a step back and be objective. And and we look at the fact that they won thirteen games, and we look at the fact that this guy w- was a great story. In some ways, Case Case is a story that people, and especially I think fans in this state, absolutely love. Right, underdog, backup quarterback. Uh, Everything was against him, got the opportunity, succeeded. I mean, did a nice job, but we look at those things and we think that's going to be our guy. And this is this is how it's on days like this that that executives in this league have made, or months like this, that executives in this league have made crucial mistakes. This sports is one thing that if you fall in love uh, with a guy because because it's a great story, or because the fans like him, it's the dumbest thing that you could possibly do. Uh, Gunner says, you both need some time away from the Vikings. You treated the Earl Morrow caller like bleep. It takes courage to call you guys. I listen to every minute of every show every day. I can tell you're starting to snap. <laughs> Don't hate on your listeners like that. Gunner, I just got back from Philly. I'm going to come out there right now. I got batteries and full beers, and I'm going to hit you with all of them. Okay, I'm not starting to snap. I've just adopted the Philadelphia lifestyle. I don't know. I just like here's what bothers me because I, I get hold rag- on, I have to calm down. Okay, I get ragged on for being an ageist because I was born in the mid '80s. That I, you, know, you don't you don't respect old timey time sports enough. First of all, that's not true. It's not true. <laughs> that's spot on. But when you call in and mention backup quarterbacks from the Baltimore Colts from 50 years ago, world, and then Super say Bowl, I'm baby. older than you, I know football more than you. Okay, that get wasn't, the hell out of here. Listen, that, that I'm was, sorry, that wasn't the problem. That was not the problem with Tom's call. The problem with Tom's call was, was when he told us that Favre basically failed. It was in 2009. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I know. I know that it ended in dreadful fashion. But the 2009 season was anything but a failure when you go to the NFC Championship game. That's where he lost me. Jim. And I'm old. Plunkett. And I'm old. That well, guy wore, didn't that guy wear glasses when he played, too? No. Bob Greasy did. Plunkett did not. I thought Plunkett had glasses. No. Stanford guy. Mm. Good, A good quarterback for the era. But you know, if Jim, you don't think it's changed, you got something else. But here's coming. the thing. like A good quarterback for the era. If you're, yes. wondering, if you're wondering whether... Passing the ball was 
was nearly as important 40, 50 years ago as it is now. So Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls, and he's regarded as a really good, solid, non-Hall of Fame. He's not a Hall of Famer, I don't think. He's, but he, he won two Super Bowls. Yeah, uh, yeah. he never won. He, he didn't go to them. He had 35 more interceptions than touchdown passes in his career. Mm-hmm. If you're an even ratio now in the last 20 years, mm-hmm. you're benched. You're a, you're a failure. You're a backup. Oh, things have changed. Yeah, Tom was not right about that. Running the ball, playing defense, and once in a while taking a shot. That's how offense has worked. So, Are we starting to crack? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's no question about that. And it's playing out live on the radio. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Vikings over-unders and NFL over-unders and prop bets when we come back. And the Wolves have a first-time All-Star. I thought he got snubbed last year, but Johnny K will talk some Wolves with us at 10-15. And Mike Golick Jr. later on around 12-15. This holiday season... Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. 